the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of Unite IE Radio. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix with the uh, Corona chapter of Act for America. And another great week. Well, it's a busy week. I mean, not a great week, but it's a busy week in the ongoing effort to make America great again. What do these numbers mean? Zero. Three, eight, and uh, what's the second? What's the last number? I forget. I, I had this all ready to go, but uh, so essentially zero, uh, three, and I think the number is eight. What are those numbers? Well, they add up to 11. Yeah. If you multiply them as 24. So zero, the number of people that Bush had left to get appointed to his cabinet. He had his full cabinet by day 22. Eight. Uh, three. Obama had all but three. And our buddy Trump, he only has eight. How many total cabinet positions are there? there you, you didn't tell me there was going to be a test today. Fifteen. <laughs> So this is stuff we should know off the top of our heads. This is a civics lesson for us as well as our audience, because I don't know the, the total. I think it's like 15, isn't it? Something like that. I mean, there's, yeah. there's these ones that no one names, like the Secretary of Commerce, the Secretary right. of this and that, the other thing that no one pays much attention to. But what makes it larger and a good point is the unprecedented level of obstruction by the Democrats just for the purpose of obstruction. They know they ultimately can't uh, defeat any of these nominees, but we're just going to try to drag it out as long as they can and make them go through 30 hours of debate. And unfortunately, this week, McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, has started to press the accelerator a little bit. They've had the Senate in 24-7 session. Finally, you see, Democrats, you want to do 30 hours of debate, debate overnight to your heart's content. Don't get in the way of doing the people's work. Daggummit. Speaking of session, we got Jeff Sessions appointed finally. That was, that was, a, that was a wonderful addition and couldn't come any too soon given the uh, case that they're, trying, that they're trying to stop uh, President Trump's immigration orders. Speaking of immigration and Democrats acting badly, what do we have at the airports last weekend? Well, and that leads to our, to our guests uh, for this week. Uh, I thought I'd set it up and tee it up for you. That's why you make the big bucks in this, Don. <laughs> <laughs> but we are so pleased to have back with us Robin Vidston from We the People Rising. Uh, she's everywhere in the face of politicians tormenting them with the truth. And she looks great in a body cast. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was a little bit that was a little bit rough out there at, at LAX, and we're also pleased to have with her one of her, one of her top activists, Raul Rodriguez, and the he, enforcer, and he's he's everywhere with Robin, LAX, LA County Supervisors, the Riverside City Council, Carmont City Council, Rialto, wherever it is, where, wherever wherever the left is, wherever the pro illegal immigration activists are, they are. Speaking of which, Robin, are you hiring? 
Always. What kind of benefit package do you offer? <laughs> zero. Uh, the truth. Love of country. You aforementioned zero. That's exactly right. Exactly right. No. You were in a virtual gladiator stadium. You and your, what, 15? How many people were, were there besides you guys? There were 10. Total. Another, another female, Chanel yeah. Temple, and yeah. eight very brave men. Uh, Raul Rodriguez was one of those eight men, Mike McGetrick, Arthur Shopper. So we went in with a lot of bravery and a lot of confidence that we believe in our country and in our president, Donald Trump. So as as folks who are listening know, we have had the left acting out in, in innumerable ways. I call it the outrage machine. They have been acting out since the election and at every turn, at every executive order, at every appointment of Donald Trump. And, you know, when this executive order, immigration executive order, the so-called ban went into effect, uh, almost like clockwork, almost with the precision uh, of a finely tuned machine, the left shows up at international airports all across the country, notably international airports that are located in Democratic counties, right? Yes. And they had, and how many people were at, uh, would you say were at LAX at Bradley Terminal? Uh, we were told it was 20,000 there. 20,000. 20,000. Sure looked like it from the videos you guys. I mean, they were all over the place. What? Who? What goes through your mind the morning of that Sunday when you guys go, what are you thinking? You go to Carl's Jr.'s and have, you know, what you think might be your last egg sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and what is that meaning like? What's going on? Are you guys uh, in prayer? Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, heavy in prayer. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes, yes. What's the conversation like? Well, you know, when I talked to uh, Arthur, I told him we have to have people there. A lot of people. And I, he said, give me a number. I said, well, at least 30. Okay. Or more. Well, we only got 10. <laughs> but we went with what we had. All right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we talked about what we were going to do, and we're there defending our rights to be, to protest what they're doing. To be heard, to be out to be there, heard. exercising yes. your First Amendment, sure. And so we uh, we went there with the intentions of doing so, and we did. We uh, We held our ground. Uh, when they started coming over to us, uh, we had a little island. They started coming over towards us and invading our area. So let's let's just, let's just paint that picture for the audience. So so there's there's all of these protesters that are out in front of the departure and arrival areas. That's kind of where they congregated. Right. You guys are across the street on that lower level, uh, facing the protesters. So you've you've you found a. A peaceful little island in yes. the sea of in this in this morass of humanity, and you've staked your claim now to territory, and you've got your Donald Trump signs, you've got your whatever signs you've got out there. Uh, how and, and so that's kind of the set. You walk in there. How long did it take them to notice you? Right away, we started with our bullhorns. <laughs> oh, Mike! Oh, okay. Mike so you I, uh, you called attention to yours. You weren't yes. just there, sort of holding up signs. No, we, you were poking the dragon. We were there to uh, basically exercise our rights. Sure. Okay. And so we did. We uh, we started with our bullhorns, and um, Mike and I, and uh, I think Arthur also, or uh, Robert had one. So right. we were using them, and we were saying uh, things. Uh, Chanting things like USA, uh, we're also saying uh, 
I'm sure that provoked them. I mean, seeing USA, oh, that, I, mean, yeah. I mean, that must have made them furious. Yes, it did. <laughs> They're so easily provoked. Doesn't take much, does it? An American flag, Donald right? Trump. Yes, we had American flags. We had these these signs uh, that uh, we had a message for yep. uh, no refugees, uh, no uh, sanctuary cities, uh, yep. things like that, and also signs regarding Trump's victory. Yep. Celebrate Trump's victory, celebrate the victory for America. Signs like that, and they didn't appreciate them. Wow. So when they, when they started coming over to you, I mean, they wanted to engage you in a, a vigorous now, debate of the issues. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's leave that as a cliffhanger for our audience now. What happened when uh, representatives of the 20,000-person whore decided to cross the street and come over and confront you? We'll dig into that after this break from our sponsor for this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with what happened as 10 American patriots faced down 20,000 leftists at LAX after this message. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Well, that should give you a little sense of the raucous crowd out at LAX Bradley Airport Terminal the Sunday after Donald Trump's executive order hit the radar for the left and inconvenienced, uh, what, 109 people out of 325,000 people that were flying around the country and world. And we have with us right now two people that were there to witness the uh, horde and stand up for the Trump administration and uh, well, the stand up for America. Order, stand up for America. Robin Vidston of We the People Rising, who seems to find every location in Southern California where the left is advancing their immigration priorities and someone that goes to those events with her to support the effort, Raul Rodriguez. Uh, you guys are... You're battle-hardened, aren't you, at this point? Stuff like this doesn't even phase you, well, does it, anymore? We love our country. Right. And as we mentioned, we go in filled with prayer. And this particular day at Los Angeles Airport, we went in with a lot of prayer. And what also happened, we went to get Donald Trump's message in the media. And we did a lot 
of media interviews, reporters, TV, worldwide. France interviewed us, Reuters. And consequently, what we did went worldwide in the media. So we got the pro-American, the Trump side out there by taking that, if you want to call it risk, that prayerful risk and being there that day. But Raul could probably tell you how actually we were saved from being torn from limb to limb. What happened? Well, actually, um, there was a couple of guys that were kind of harassing us and pushing us and shoving us. So they came over from the other side they of the came street over from the other there. Side. Yes. yes. So they came over to where you are, and yes. they got in your face. Yes. Yes, they did. And they started confronting us and asking us why we're here. And so two guys came over with a big sign, put, them, put it in front of us, and we... Uh, we started asking them to get the sign out of there because they're covering they're, the, the, sure. the sign is covering us up, our group. So I started moving the sign. They started pushing back and forth, and it got pretty uh, pretty rough. So um, one of the guys behind me, one of the protesters, grabbed my hat, my Trump hat, threw it out in the street. Oh, I remember seeing that on the video. Yeah, threw it out in the street. Right. And so I decided I'm going to go grab my hat first before I do anything else. Then I went over and spoke to Sergeant. Um, John Hernandez. Okay, I, I with LAPD. Help. Well, he's actually, he's with the airport police. Okay, so he's with airport, got it. And so I went over and I spoke to him. I said, you know, sir, these people shouldn't be here because they're, we feel threatened. Right. They're pushing us and shoving us, and that's and there's a lot of women with us, and we're afraid that someone's going to get hurt. And fortunately, the, unlike in other cities, here the police stepped in to prevent yes. right. violence. Right, they did a great job because I asked him, he said, I, I asked him to speak, we wanted to speak to his commander. And he says, okay, I'll get him for you. A few minutes later, he came over and the sergeant told me that the commander had come over. His name was Lieutenant Dominguez. And I spoke to him and asked him, can you please separate us because we feel threatened? And he says, sure, we're going we're gonna to do that. Just give us a few minutes. And sure enough, within a few minutes, we, he separated the groups he put barriers between us so that they wouldn't come over. Human barriers. Well, they had they had six or seven police in front of us. Right. Riot police in front of us. And then they put steel barriers between, ah, between okay. the two of us, between the two groups. Gotcha. Which made it a lot safer for yes. us. And I, I do want to thank the, uh, thank the, um, the police officers yes. who were there defending our, our rights of freedom of speech and also defending our, our right to be there and our, our safety. Unlike the police in Berkeley, yes. who just let the madness unfold and the people that were there to see Milo Yiannopoulos got thrashed, exactly. you know, assaulted with pepper spray, beat up. Yes. Right. Uh, what was great about these police officers is they stood with their hands on their batons at alert. And when the protesters approached us, they made sure that they were turned away. So we were very protected by this ring of riot police and by our prayers. Right. So what kinds of things are they saying to you as they're in your face? What are they, what, what are they actually, what's their, I mean, I, we get the body language and the, you know, the physical confrontation. What are they saying? What are the, what are the words that are actually coming out of their mouths? We can't say that here on the radio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of profanity. Yeah, be, we can, we can uh, bing, bing, bing them out like uh, Donald Trump would say. Well, one thing, before the riot police staged, they did not want us doing interviews. They were literally... They meaning the protesters. The protesters. Got it. Literally were, were obstructing reporters. TV reporters, CBS, they would physically pull the reporters away from us, uh, flip the reporters off. So 
they were trying to stop our media coverage, but we're not successful because, as I said, we received worldwide media coverage in our support of Trump mm-hmm. and support of America that day. So now you have now you're protected and you're you guys are doing your USA chants. You're doing you've got people in front of you on the street level. You've got people uh, facing you above you at the uh, I think it's like the arrival terminal. The lower one is the departure terminal. And then there's a bridge to the north side to your right. (laughs) Right. And they're lining that there's a parking structure behind you. They're on every level of that yelling down to you. I mean, you guys were literally like gladiators surrounding. In well, an I could, arena. I, was, I, was, I can imagine what it felt like for you to be the Christians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see in Rome. We're the lions. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we felt. That yeah. is exactly how it felt. But we were actually elated because Trump won. Right. And that was one of our chants. Trump won. Yep. Eight more years was another chant that we... And you went back the next week. Yes, we did. Oh, wait. So it wasn't just <laughs> Sunday the for the prior weekend that you showed up when these initial protests happened. You guys were gluttons. For, you went back. Yes, we did. All right. We well, did. we're going to hold that story uh, <laughs> over the break. We're going to talk more with Robin Vidston and Raul Rodriguez of We the People Rising, who are standing up for the rule of law at LAX airport, at con- congressional offices, at elected politicians' offices. City council meetings. On the street corner. Right. Anyone that dares uh, whisper, we're in favor of sanctuary cities. And we had a little event in Riverside uh, also this week. We'll talk about that when we get back after this break from our sponsor for this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Ed is a great patriot and the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with We the People Rising and their great activist activities after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, host of the main event here on AM590, President Wholesale Capital and the founder of WCC Charities. I'd like to invite you to the first WCC Charities Gala and Auction this February 25th at the beautiful Victoria Club in Riverside, where we'll be raising money for wounded veterans' causes that so many of us are passionate about. It's going to be a magical night out for a great cause. This is a red tie event because red stands for remembering everyone deployed. Visit the events page at wccharities.org for more information or call my assistant Shelly at 855-640-2020 to order tickets. That's 855-640-2020. Hope to see you there. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and our two guests exemplify uh, that statement. Robin Vinston, head of We the People Rising, and one of her uh, top activists, Raul Rodriguez, who also has a related group called America First Latinos. Why don't you start, tell us about that, uh, if you could. Yeah, this is uh, uh, a group that uh, Maria Spinoza started. She's, she's based in uh, Houston, Texas. And uh, about six months ago, she had asked me to become the um, coordinator for uh, California for the Latino for America First Latinos, and uh, I was honored to um, to accept. And uh, we basically what we do is we we ask the um, um, local elected officials to um, basically um, enforce state and and local laws. Uh, it's important that. Um, we we the uh, America First Latinos are able to have a voice so that we can um, basically ask other Latinos to join us so that we can um, 
have our voices heard. The Latino community in the Inland Empire is significant. There's yes. uh, an estimate of roughly 45 to somewhere around 48% of Riverside City, as a matter of fact, is estimated to be um, Hispanic. Right. Uh, how you've been out in the communities for quite a while. How much of that community do you think ideologically, politically, spiritually even lines up with your worldview and that of America First Latinos? You know, it's very difficult to try to get the word across to these individuals because they are they have been brainwashed okay. by La Raza okay. and other organizations to think that everything they get is going to be free. Just come into our country and let us handle it. You know, they, 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 they don't want to... Uh, Basically, um, I'm looking for the word. Um, well, there's cultural pressure, so that, so that if you if you're Latino, you are ex- you're expected to be a Democrat. You're expected to be liberal. You're expected to favor illegal immigration, open borders, and basically, you're 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 not allowed to think for yourself. The same kind of pressure that's put on black people is you have to be part of the Democrat Party. You have to buy into their agenda. Again, they're not allowed to th- to uh, speak for themselves or think for themselves. Right. It's the pressure. Well, well, the word I was looking for is they don't want to assimilate. Okay. Assimilate in our country, learn the language, um, basically become Americans. And they don't want to do that. They, For some reason, they come here and they, they still do the same thing. They speak Spanish and don't even want to learn English and assimilate. But don't, they the, should. but don't the priorities and the, and the sort of um, platform of the Democratic Party – Fly in the face of culturally of the Latino community. I mean, you can pick apart things like abortion. Um, and we're getting very far afield from what we wanted to come back and talk to, which was the next weekend that you guys showed up at the airport. But uh, I just want to follow this thread and perhaps we'll carry this conversation over into the second half hour. But the, abortion, family values, work ethic, all of those things seem to me to fly in the face of what the Democratic Party is offering as far as a political platform because latino families very family oriented uh very spiritual oriented the catholic church big influence in in the uh, hispanic community in mexico and the south of the border um work ethic hardworking, self-reliant yes. uh, you know not depending on anyone else to take care of them so i just always wonder how is it that the democratic party is able to get their message into that community and sort of co-opt what I look at as being sort of those bedrock values of the of the Hispanic Latino community. Well, I think that because the um, the Democrats are trying to invite them to come over to their side mm-hmm. because they they feel that they're going to give them more okay. uh, than the Republicans. Hmm. Interesting. I think, I, I think part of it is the is the Catholicism. And it's part of why you see uh Central and South America is much more further to the left than had, than in America, and why they have not had as even though resource wise South America right. should be as prosperous as North America, For, but it isn't it, it, as much. Yes, because they have they're they're blessed right. with as much resources. So, 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 so yeah, I mean the the family values as you talk about, but if you look at the some of the polling data on on Latinos, American citizen Latinos. By 70 to 30, they favor bigger government with higher taxes over smaller government with lower taxes. Two-thirds of Latinos favor Obamacare. 
So there's, for whatever, whether it's Catholicism or the culture or some combination, the, 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 the large majority of them tend to be liberal on things other than just immigration issues. Well, this is the big question, and we got to get to the uh, we got to get to that conversation. But before this segment runs out, you guys, not only were you out there the first weekend of the immigration uh, executive order, uh, the so-called ban, which isn't a ban, but now we have the ban is banned, and we're looking at a ban of the ban for the ban, uh, hopefully. But you went back next weekend. What happened then? Yes, we did. And our numbers grew significantly. Okay. And those protesting Trump, their numbers went way down. Not much endurance. Not much endurance. They were about 100, and we were about 100. Only 100? From 20,000? It was maybe a couple hundred, but our numbers went up to about 100. And the Trump supporters showed up with the signs and the flags. And again... We got a lot of media coverage. You know, George Soros only has so much money. <laughs> I see. Okay. All right. Well, you know, that, that's, that, that is quite a drop-off. And did you need the police protection? Yes. We still had great police protection, and it went very well. Uh, we were, again, very ecstatic. Yes, we were. We had uh, the police out there, L.A. police, uh, airport police helping us. We are visiting with Robin Vincent and Raul Rodriguez of We the People Rising about their field work, their activism. We're going to hold them over for the next half hour, getting to some current news as Unite IE Radio continues. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Program. We are visiting with some folks that have been busy, busy, busy out defending uh, the rule of law, out defending Donald Trump and his executive orders. And here locally, we actually had a little bit of uh, fun. Riverside mm-hmm. City was the location of some of the most recent acting out of the left, pursuing their sanctuary city policies. This week on, what was it, thir- uh, Tuesday? Tuesday? Tuesday, February yep. 7th. So Tuesday, February 7th, the call went out maybe about two weeks ago. For folks that want to see Riverside City become a sanctuary city, and there was a Facebook page, social media effort to to get anyone that wants to see uh, Riverside enact sanctuary city policies. We'll ca- talk about what those are in a moment for those of you that might not be up to snuff on exactly what that might mean in terms of uh, a city's policies and the response from the Donald Trump administration. So about two weeks ago, a candidate for city council, who also happens to be a staffer for Mark, Congressman Mark Ticano, decides that it's time to have Riverside City become a sanctuary city. So he organizes this rally. Uh, he wants to do it in conjunction with the city council meetings, which mm-hmm. uh, in Riverside usually take place on Tuesdays, every other Tuesday. First one is at 3 o'clock. Second one is at 6.30. That's, so that's usually, and then they take a break for dinner in between. That's usually the landscape. As things got closer, the city council decided that oh, we're going to cancel the 6.30 meeting. Now, rumor is it was because they had no business uh, to talk about during the 6.30 meeting, but I think we can read between the lines and say that they were trying to dodge the uh, rally bullet, as it were, and possibly avoid having to listen to what looked like hundreds of people that were going to show up in favor of this resolution, in favor of this idea. The uh, person that organized it 
put together this Facebook page and I think attracted over 1,500 people that were interested in it and over 500 people said, yeah, we're going to show up. And so I got there about uh, 3.30. What time uh, did you get there, Robin? We arrived early. We got there about 2 p.m. Okay. So we were the first ones in the door with a, a nice group of residents. We were the ones that filled the first few rows of the council chambers. Okay. And then the left, the, the, the other folks got wind of this and they changed their, they tried to change their uh, sort of plan to get everybody there at three o'clock for the city council meeting to speak up during public comment and then have a rally outside at five o'clock. So what? So the city council meeting starts at three o'clock, and uh, everybody signs little cards. We want to speak. We want our three minutes to give our point of view, and uh, so pick it up from there, Robin. What happened? Well, uh, as I said, we had a good turnout from residents and patriots showing up to uh, speak in opposition to Riverside becoming a sanctuary city. So we felt like that was very successful. But as the meeting went forward, more and more of the opposition, those who are on the left and want a sanctuary city, were showing up. And they were loud and rowdy right outside the chambers. We could hear them. And um, they took it to the podium. They also spoke. But, but at that point, we were still outnumbering them, uh, speaking speaking out. Yeah, so we each one of us had a chance to speak for three minutes. And uh, we were actually voicing our opinions as to why we don't support sanctuary cities. I'd like to point out that we've, we've had a couple of victories. Yes. One in Victorville. We went to their council meeting. And they stated they will not become... Yes. A sanctuary city and another one was Rialto they also apologized for for the behavior of their city councilman um, Rafael I don't recall his last name he's a brand new city councilman yes out there and so they um, also for a former staffer by the way of another congressperson Norman Torres yes. right so there's yes. a pattern emerging yes. here That's where right. we have these staffers of congress people that are running for local office. So that's something that uh, folks out there have to make note of is that, uh, you know, you want to find out because one of the things about city council that both the left and right like to make a lot of hay about is that, oh, this is a nonpartisan office that we don't, we don't it, basically trying to say this is nothing political. We're not bringing our agendas in. We're all about what's best for the city. And I call bullpucky on that because ultimately you're, can you say bullpucky on the radio? I can, I can say bullpucky. That's a hockey term, by the way way i can say bull so so ultimately what we're talking about are you know yes people do bring their political agendas and their worldviews into the city council you know sort of management process but we'll get to rialto and victorville in a moment because there's some very important stories we'll save that for the next uh segment uh but greg you wanted to you had something well just an interesting aside on this is that well california when you have put when you label the candidates with the r and the d the R's don't do very well in this state, <laughs> needless to say. But when you take those labels off for county and city offices, school board, those type of offices, the Republicans are, are about half of the elected office right. uh, office holders in the entire right. state of California. And even more to your point, we had a, a Mark Steinorth ran a very successful race for the assembly. Now he's a Republican, 
But he's in a district that is, I think, seven plus Democrat. Uh, well, it's clearly majority Democrat. So whatever the numbers are. But he ran a very successful race because of his messaging. So what that tells us is that if you have the right message and you articulate it well and you have a good ground game, I mean, it's uh, it's important to have all the fundamentals in place, that the message resonates in these other in these communities throughout the Inland Empire. But you got to be on point and you got to be able to articulate conservative values in a way that ring true with all of these communities. Well, I think also it's, it's always personality. So in, in any ele- in any election, it's also the personality of the candidate. And uh, Stein North certainly, I think, comes across well, presents himself well, and and that and that and that also helps. He had by right. the way, he had he got the endorsement of every or practically every local elected official in within his district. Sure. Well, that's part of the election ground game. I mean, right. the mechanics of it. But beyond that, if you can't get out and articulate your message, you're not going anywhere. And he was very he was very good at that. Back to Riverside <laughs> City Council meeting. We had and I got there about three thirty. You guys had already started your commentary. I stood out there and sort of tried to gauge, you know, what were the protesters saying? What were the? I mean, you had people out there literally with signs that were that were describing uh Trump supporters and people opposed to sanctuary cities as Nazis. Uh, there was one sign that said something about wear your swastika proudly. <laughs> um, so the, these these people and, and a lot of people from uh, UCR, yes. there were a lot of students there. Correct. So did you get a sense of how many students in the profession? And I, it seemed to me the professors were literally egging them on. Yes, uh, there was a, a, a large... Uh, contingency of students that don't live in Riverside, but were there to stir up some trouble or some commotion and were very vocal. But overall, uh, we felt like the citizens and the law abiding were in control of the city council. Uh, We held lap signs that said no sanctuary city. And um, also we put some signs in front of the dice that said, uh, no sanctuary city and the officers and the uh, council members did not move those signs. So we have been told subsequently that the city council is not for a sanctuary resolution. All of them. We were told it's six to one. Okay. Now that's not official. Uh, don't tell anyone. Okay. We won't. <laughs> we'll have to that's beat that cool. portion out of the program. But, uh, that's so everyone listening, you are sworn yes. to secrecy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But we've been told by an insider, a sanctuary city resolution is not going to happen in Riverside. So we consider this a victory of the citizens and the law abiding in that community. And isn't it important that there'll be somebody there to push back. So it's not, so they don't just see 300 students from We yes. Indoctrinate You yes. and illegal immigrants and their supporters <laughs> in front of them, but they see a lot of, of, of other people there, yes. other citizens and constituents before them Correct. pushing back. They saw the taxpayers. Well, that's just it, right? That's just it. We have and to, the voters. We, 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 we have to be more effective at getting people out of the communities, out of the stands and onto the playing yes. fields. And the playing fields are places like this, places like the same thing they were trying to do in Rialto. And we're going to talk a little bit about that after the break right now. We're going to take a quick break to honor our sponsors that help keep us on the air. So we will be back with uh, what unfolded at Rialto and your victory in Victoryville up north in the (laughs) desert after this message. 
from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. As our discussion with Robin Vidston. We need to make sure that we announce what's really important coming up on April 30th, which is the Unite IE Conservative Conference. So hang in there for some really important details about that in our last segment. Don't miss out on this information. Go ahead, Greg. We're talking to Robin Viston from We the People Rising and one of our top activists, Raul, Rod- Raul Rodriguez, who also is with America First Latinos, who put America ahead of any kind of racial or ethnic loyalty. And uh, also the Remembrance Project. We don't want to leave. Also with the Remembrance Project that memorializes Americans that have been killed by illegal immigrants. And I, I just want to mention this, which speaks to your effectiveness, you guys, because... Back during the campaign, when Trump made a stopover in California, he went to the L- the Lux Hotel up in Los Angeles. You guys got wind of it. You brought your Remembrance Project paraphernalia, which includes T-shirts. On each T-shirt is the picture and story of an American citizen who's been killed by an illegal alien, usually worn by the parent of that individual and then you've got the quilts which are uh, like banners that you carry uh sort of with a tube on either you know that goes through it so and you guys brought that there that was your that was was that the first time that Donald Trump had ever been exposed to the remembrance project in that message yes that was the first time uh, we met with Donald Trump personally he was fabulous to us uh that was the first introduction then we've met with him several times since then You've been on stage with him. Yes, we have. And he has told us that he is going to be the champion for those families that have lost their loved ones. So we now have an ally in the White House. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Has any other politician given the families of of people, Americans, killed by illegal immigrants the time of day? No, no. Other politicians in general completely ignore the Remembrance Project. Donald Trump was our champion and. He was a trailblazer in that regard. Remember you told me about, about this first meeting with Donald Trump. And before he had the press conference, and politicians often use people as props when they want to make a point about something. But you told us how he took the time off stage, out of the media, to listen to each of the family stories. Yes, he took us into an elegant conference room, sat the families down, and listened to them. 
And and they poured their hearts out to Donald Trump, and he listened intently. Then at the actual press conference, each of those family members were allowed to speak as long as they felt was necessary. It was a long press conference, and Donald Trump wanted it that And we're that talking way. about people like Jamil Shaw from yes. South Central L.A., whose exactly. son, whose, what, 17-, 16-year-old son was gunned down by yes. an illegal alien who had just gotten out of prison. Uh, we're talking about Agnes Gibney, who yes. is a, in, a Hungarian immigrant who emigrated from Hungary to South America and then came up here. Her son, Ronald, was killed sitting in his car by an illegal alien, uh, illegal alien uh, who was shot to death. Who had been previously deported. Right. Yes. And that seems to be a common threat. Of course, Kate Steinle was yes. the big, uh, you know, the headline news on this. So we're talking about people like that that had the opportunity. And then fast forward into uh, the town hall that Sean Hannity did, who was sitting at Donald Trump's side was none other than Rancho Cucamonga resident Agnes Gibney, and she had an opportunity in that venue to actually tell her story as well. And this ties back to your activism and, and going to these sanctuary cities sure because does. the whole point of sanctuary city is to try to protect, for whatever reason, illegal immigrant criminals so they can continue to stay in America and commit crimes. And the protection that they get as a part of the sanctuary city status. Exactly. So, Greg, you're the attorney. We should probably, let's, can you quickly clarify, what is a sanctuary city? Actually, there really is not a clear single definition okay. of what that means. In California, what it means is total lack of cooperation between local law enforcement authorities and the immigration authorities. So even if you have a criminal... He's committed some crime, and they're going to, you're going to release him. So instead of turning him over to the immigration authorities to be deported back to his home country, they just turn him loose into the community to commit more crimes. And we had Senator Joe, uh, Senator uh, Jeff Stone on the radio show this week who said that the, the state sanctuary bill that's being proposed would actually not encourage that kind of disclosure. Uh, so the criminal illegal alien that is in the custody of uh, the, you know, the prison system uh, of agents, uh, those people would not be turned over, and that's part of this sanctuary bill, correct? You know, it, it exactly is, and there's already the Trust Act, which does a lot of the same thing. So this, saying, okay, we are a sanctuary state is probably more about the public relations angle of it and trying to give Donald Trump the proverbial middle finger. <laughs> so you guys, we, we the people rising and America First Latinos got wind of another effort to make a city a sanctuary city, the city of Rialto, this time uh, just west of us, you know, here in San Bernardino. And the, you had a city councilman there that was having what he thought would be a secret meeting, uh, at least secret from the prying eyes of immigration activists like you guys. <laughs> other than um, the, other than people posted on the Internet as the first right? meeting of the Rialto Sanctuary <laughs> City Committee. So you get wind of this. And so what happened? Pick up the story for us. Okay, we were... Um Basically, uh, talking among us, and, and all of a sudden, a woman shows up with a name tag. So you're at the city. We're at the city. The city Before hall. the meeting's happening. Before the meeting. Uh, actually, what happened was uh, Arthur got into a discussion with uh, Raphael. One of your other activists, Arthur. Arthur Sharper, got yes. It. And uh, he got into a conversation with uh, Raphael about The city why, councilman. city councilman. Why... We were there, and he says he wanted to have a meeting with his constituents. And we told him, well, we're also constituents, and we'd like to be part of the meeting. 
And he kind of clo- wanted to close the door on us and not allow us to go in there. So we kind of just forced our way in there in, in, and basically just got in behind him and went inside. And Arthur had a conversation with him. And uh, we eventually he was walking all over the place trying to – he felt like he had been um, – he, he, he didn't know what to do. Because so he the, was caught in a lie. So the city councilman is saying one thing when you know something else is unfolding. He's saying, I'm just having an ordinary average meeting with constituents from my city. You guys are saying, well, does this have anything to do with sanctuary the city? He's saying he's kind of denying it. Right. And you guys are kind of walking around questioning him. And he's trying to run away. And you guys, like Keystone Cops, end up circling <laughs> the city yeah. hall garden there. He was totally – I mean, if you haven't seen this video, it's it's wonderful. I mean, he – this guy is totally be- bewildered, has no idea what to do. He's walking out of the building, around in a circle, back into the building, out again in, in a circle, and finally runs away and gets and gets in his car. All right. The fun doesn't stop there. We'll be back after a break to tell you what eventually happens out at the city of Rialto as this effort to make Rialto a sanctuary city gets derailed by the activists we have here, Robin Vidston, Raul Rodriguez of We the People Rising. We'll be back after a message from this from our sponsor this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they're truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. The radio show for the most important political office in the country, that's you guys, our listeners, private citizens everywhere. You have the special responsibility of watching over the republic to maintain liberty. We're visiting with Robin Vitston and Raul Rodriguez of We the People Rising, the Remembrance Project, America First Latinos, guardian of liberty in the Inland Empire. So we appreciate everything that you have uh, being with us for the hour to tell us about this, but now we got to we got to get off the cliff. We left you with a cliffhanger of uh, the city councilman from Rialto running around the garden that is in the center of the city square, if you will, for the city administration buildings, trying to get away, uh, obfuscating the purpose of the meeting, saying that, oh, he's just meeting with constituents. When you know, who are some of the people that are at this meeting that are just going to have this casual meeting with him? Who are some of the players that were invited? Well, for one player was a councilwoman from Victorville. She showed up wearing her badge, her Victorville City badge, and there were other school board members, and it was very and she also clear. had no idea why she was at that no, meeting. No, no. I've got no idea why. I've driven down from Victorville, yeah, yeah. an hour and a half drive to be here on Friday, when, by the way, 
normally Rialto is closed on Friday. Exactly. So they had to they had to literally have someone from the administration of the city unlock the, the doors to the city administration building so that they could use this conference room. So Correct. they could hold a secret meeting at a city hall. Right. And just as important as they had another city council meeting. Again, the, the, the opposing side show up and you organize your people there, Robin, and to make a strong presentation as to why Rialto. And in the same night, another group of, your, of our volunteers and activists were up in Victorville doing the same thing before the Victorville City Council. Exactly. And at the Rialto City Council meeting, it went our way. Again, no sanctuary city policy. And the councilman, Rafael Trujillo, actually apologized for having sought to hold a secret meeting at a city hall. So, so this is at the next regular city council yes. meeting in Rialto right. following your interaction with him on this Friday. I learned my lesson. Next time I'll have my secret meetings elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. One thing that was kind of funny, actually, because, you know, in planning this meeting, he'd also planned to have some refreshments there. Coffee, <laughs> some great pastries from yes. Panera Bread. Yes. So the meeting gets derailed. He jumps in his car, drives off into the sunset. All the other people from La Raza and the city council meeting and the school board, they scatter to the wind and all that's left of the activists. So you guys and, decide. And you got wiles. Right. Yeah. So you guys get to decide, well, we're just going to have our own meeting in the council chambers. You sit down, start drinking the coffee yes. and enjoying the pastries. We held a meeting at that site. <laughs> that so we funny. drank the Starbucks coffee and the expensive pastries and activism, had a great meeting. Activism can be fun, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you can get fed. Yes. That's right. We feed our activists. Yeah. That's so great. It remember, was great. We, we went to uh, Claremont, same kind, same basic story there, and they, they, that lasted until 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. And then our after party over at Norm's went till 3 o'clock <laughs> yes. in the morning. <laughs> we celebrated till 3 a.m. That was a great night. That's Again, right. the Inland Empire Firewall Against Sanctuary <clears throat> Cities is activated and going strong keeping the torch of liberty lit and there's an opportunity for the folks that are listening to get involved it's Good on segue don it's a, <laughs> thank you it's on april 30th and this marks tr- the end of the official end of the first 100 days which ends on april 29th it's the first 100 days of office we have the most amazing lineup of speakers this is going to be at the convention hall in i'm sorry the riverside convention center and and we're going to have Hugh Hewitt, we're going to have Dennis Prager, we're going to have Larry Elder, and we just found out about the possibility of some other people, but you got to tune in next week in order to find out who those people are. Thanks all for listening, and we will see you on the radio next week. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.